Thanks for listening to The World We Deserve, the officially unofficial podcast for HBO's True Detective Anthology, brought to you by Bald Move. This conversation covers Season 2, Episode 7, titled Black Maps and Motel Rooms. The war was lost, the treaty signed, I was not caught across the line, I was not caught, though many tried, I live among you, well disguised. In the aftermath of the party, the detectives piece the new evidence into their puzzle and come up with a likely scenario involving the L.A. riots in 92, the Blue Diamonds, and Vinci's corrupt government. Belcoro decides to take their evidence to Davis, but finds her dead in her car. As a precaution, Paul and Annie move their families out of town. Later, Paul receives a text with pictures of himself and his friend from Black Mountain in a compromising position. Knowing that he's probably walking into a trap, he meets up with them to get the pictures back. Once there, he meets Holloway, who demands that he return the documents stolen from the party. Instead, Paul grabs his gun and kills everyone at the scene. Everyone except for Burris, that is, who's waiting at the exit. When Paul steps out, he's shot in the back and killed. I'm a little scared of this podcast today. Yeah? Yeah, we got a lot more information than I think uh, we were expecting, maybe, this last episode. Yeah. Um, if, if you're to trust the information that you get in this Uh show, which um, is a big if, yeah, yeah, we certainly got a lot of it. Uh, the reason I'm scared is because this is such a convoluted plot at this point Mm -hmm. that if you misremember or don't remember a particular detail, it can entirely throw off your predictions and your assumptions. So I, I feel like this is going to be a pretty speculation heavy episode trying to connect all the dots frantically before the verdict just comes in uh next episode but at the same time i i kind of feel like you know if you're gonna wait this long to show us what the real plot of the thing is Uh i'm just gonna tune out and wait for the next week i'm not wait for the resolution that's not (laughs) an invalid point of view to have okay like with if you've got major revelations has been dropped on you in this episode then that that completely changed and recontextualized everything that came before Mm -hmm. i mean like at this point it seems like the sex party stuff was a, a red herring it's like, entirely that, unrelated to casper's murder all that you, like you pointed out in our little pre-discussion we have where we try to figure out how we're going to structure these things uh that luna park stuff with the yeah, yeah. molek Mo- worship uh-huh. that tied into the 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 bohemian grove that tied into like all this stuff and the dad's prophecy about him running out of the Maybe that gets all tied in the next, but from what we Maybe. see so far, this seems just like a standard rich guy, excessive party. Like there yeah. is no occult thing. There's certainly no Molech worship. There's there are murders and there are there people are doing murders, shady but shit. It's, it's but it's murdered for the reasons you think. You talk to the cops, or you're trying to take pictures of us, or there is no Carcosa here, right? Doesn't like, seem like it. Which is what Nick Pizzolatto said. But uh-huh. then again, like, you know, again, that Luna Park thing is what I come back to. Yeah. If I fucking hear that that's just some random shit that they put in that dad's hallway, when we uh-huh. know that the thing that connects them and the, the Bohemian Grove stuff is the Molek, I, I, man, like, I, I'll feel like I got fooled again. Like, shame on me, because the Psychosphere stuff in the first season was marginally useful at best. I guess it's still fun, 
But it, if that is, stuff, yeah. if that, if that, if that uh, you know, Australian fire and kids being sacrificed to Molech and all that stuff doesn't pan out, I'm going to feel like I got burnt again. Yeah. And next season. And it feels especially shameful because, you know, the creator's out there saying that's not what this is. Yeah, no. But then, but, but how, how do you reconcile the fact that, that stuff is still hinted at yeah. inside the show? Yeah, I, um, I don't know. Like, I'm with you. I, I, I mean, would... I guess, like, I, I, it won't bum me out, like, going forward because I'm like, okay, fine, uh-huh. this is just texture. This is something that maybe he subscribes to, like, even if you're not aware of the Luna Park stuff and the Molex stuff and the Bohemian Grove stuff, that the texture of it works on a subconscious psychological thing. Like, that mm-hmm. picture of the clown is super creepy, and if yeah. people are thinking in terms of these dark gods and portents, then that's kind of the mood that I want them to be in. Mm-hmm. You know? So... Uh, but then again, I, I will really question the utility of a psychosphere, and that's the other thing is like with this being an anthology, maybe next year he full on does a Lovecraft thing. Like <laughs> it's yeah, very hard. Guessing it's very hard to figure out format and podcast and all that stuff when you're when you're talking about this. Now, I also kind of want to talk about this season, the ceiling on it. Okay. Because if you'd asked me like two episodes ago, I'd say the floor of this season, like as low as it could get, is like garbage. <laughs> garbage <laughs> okay. television that makes you feel bad for investing eight hours of your life into it. Eight and a half at this point. All right. What would the ceiling the be? The ceiling would be good. Like like season five justified good, which is pretty bad. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm now saying that some things of these paid off and then I'm – Regardless of the other stuff, because I feel like I've completely lost the thread of the crow stuff. We haven't seen the crow in like going on six episodes since the end of episode two. Sure. Uh, that I am fully invested in Frank's little bloody Ocean's Eleven, like an R rated version of Ocean's Eleven he's trying to pull off here. Like I am pretty yeah. invested in The that. great thing that this episode did is set up some pretty epic stuff that you know has to come next episode. And, and I invested in whether like this point, Annie and Ray can make it out with their lives. Kind of, mm-hmm. you know, so I am, I'm invested in seeing this and I'd say that the floor is, uh, you know, like let's say none of this stuff pays off or s- some of the stuff pays off. Like say, let's say Jordan's a double agent, which might be a cool twist, but it also is going to undermine the thing that I've really admired this whole season, which is, I think a fairly realistic and nuanced, depiction of your standard gangster marriage alliance you know that Ah, we've seen with the whites and we've seen with the sopranos and we've seen Mm -hmm. in so many movies this is a really good modern take on that if she turns out to be some kind of double agent or has been bought (laughs) off by osip that's really going Mm -hmm. to kick the leg out from underneath that so so if it all pans Mm -hmm. out like i i still think it's been entertaining um but the ceiling is at Mm -hmm. like very good television it's still not going to be near season one or I even at the leftovers yeah. level. Or I'm with you. I think the first five episodes. I mean, so season one of this show, it took me at minimum four episodes to get into it. Yeah. Like, I don't know that I was fully hooked by that that one awesome scene, but I was at least ready well, to you watch were a the little, rest of You it. were a little hooked by Ray getting killed, quote unquote, killed in episode two. Yeah, but then they just shit all over yep. by my momentum you know uh season episodes three through five in this season have not we're not good um in my opinion i thought you had the you had the gun battle that was kind of awesome but it was completely unconnected anything else so pointless yeah it was essentially a a a a turn to is essentially rebooted this season now i think there's information to go on that says maybe that that gun battle was a little more important than 
we gave it credit for at the time. But that's the thing. Do I want to wait three quarters of the way through a season for it to get interesting? My answer is no. I would much rather be hooked up front by like any of the other great shows that we've seen on television in recent years. They come in with thunder. They don't they don't let this thing just slow boil yeah. over the course of three quarters of a season and hope you can I mean, make I just, up for I it on the back, back half. To, I come back to Frank. Like now that I'm seeing how interesting Frank is, having him go around and just, you know, I don't want to harp on this too much, but do low stakes. Yeah you know street level con man stuff mm-hmm. and episodes two through five seem like a real waste of what vince was capable of that said yeah he brings it this episode i mean sure. this episode is another really really good one i thought yeah i i agree i agree I, i'm just trying to figure out where i think the you know i mean i don't know maybe next week is so amazing and so mind building bending with the twists that brings everything together about the crow and there's like three different conspiracies at this point you've got the crow seems like it yeah i think you've got the police conspiracy mm-hmm. uh then you've got the big business gangster conspiracy with osip and mccandless and that and they're all kind of working at cross sometimes parallel supportive mutually kind of supportive purposes but others like the crow just seems like a wild guard yeah it seems like a, a lot of squabble over territory honestly there's a couple of factions here um some with overlapping borders i guess there's there's some sort of venn diagram of gangsters and politicians and yeah. uh you know estranged orphans in the mix there <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. um that that makes it kind of more interesting than i guess just a black and white these are the good guys these are the bad guys go do battle also, uh, but it also makes it way more convoluted and confusing to where y- you're not even sure sometimes what's going on, let alone who you should be rooting for. There's got to be some more stuff coming down the pike, too, because Annie coming to grips with being, you know, preyed on as a child. Yeah, really hasn't paid off to the extent that this is something that we know Chasani was involved in. Uh, you know, like I, maybe we haven't gotten to the actual depths of what's going on with the the uh, full moon group or whatever you want to call them, the Bohemian Grove stuff, because that sure I feel like it has to pay off somehow. But it feels like the things that they currently need to wrap up are all they're not they're not going to go for that twist. They're not going to go for like well they, the, the the big twist, the big question is going to be who killed Casper, and I feel like yeah that is kind of answered in this episode, but not really, not totally. Um, there are still a couple of balls up in the air on that. But yeah, we don't know the ins and outs, but it's starting But to I end. don't think it's going to turn into like, oh, there's this new wrinkle where these sex parties are actually part of this cult and um, there is devil worship or, or any of that stuff yeah. going on. I think it's just going to be more straightforward solving the the answering the questions that have already been laid out. But what did it have to do with, I mean, did that, was that just closure for Annie or her father? Because honestly, I don't have a lot of connection to Annie's deal with her father. Frankly, I felt like it was a goodbye. Like maybe Annie's not going to make it through this next episode. Huh? That, that the feeling I got from that conversation was very much one of, but why the connection back to her dad? Like, why is all this stuff connected? And the, so I the, thought that the whatever experience she had when she was a kid during those four days where she was probably abused, abducted sexually, in the woods by this bearded freak. Yeah, um, 
I felt like that served to connect her a lot more to Ray, and that came out at the end of this episode where they get it on. How does um, that connect her to him? Because they both they both have these traumatic events in their past that they're struggling to deal with. Annie didn't even necessarily realize that she had an event like that. Um, and Ray was kind of in limbo with, he thinks he got the guy. By doing so, it destroyed his life. Um, he ter- turns out he didn't get the guy, and now he's just fucking confused. It's also, I guess, a big theme is parents and your relationship with parents. Because, sure. you know, Ray has an uncomfortable relationship with his dad. Him and Chad have an uncomfortable relationship. (laughs) Annie and her father have an uncomfortable relationship. Annie's father, the one of you know, you can tell that he blames himself for Annie being molested because his permissive anything goes kind of bohemian lifestyle was in a large part a direct repudiation of his father's uptight, Uh you know, establishment the man bullshit. And Annie's lifestyle is a direct repudiation of. Her father's freewheeling hippie nonsense. Yeah. So, I, I that should be mother's milk to me because I love <laughs> I love exploring pathos between children and parents and good relationships, bad relations. I like relationships in in families. I think it's fascinating. But for yeah. some reason, it's really leaving me cold because I've, I'm finding it really hard to connect with Ray and Chad's relationship. I'm ha- finding it yeah. very hard to connect with Annie. And her father's relationship or her relationship with her sister. I do love the fact that they dealt with that right away. Like, my sister, my whole family's in danger. We need Uh to get them the fuck out of here. Absolutely. Um, But but I think, you know, the part where it hooks me, I'm with you. I'm kind of cold on all that stuff. But the part where it gets me is when Annie and Ray come together over those kind of mutual shared um, tragedies, I guess. No, I don't like there's I don't know. I was the whole time I'm watching the scene. I'm like, what do I think about Ray and Annie hooking up? I guess I don't mind it because they're two attractive people in an extremely stressful life or death situation that have a lot yeah. of shared trauma and they don't have any cultural or religious hang ups about sex. That's not even true. Uh, Ray mentioned that he feels kind of asexual earlier in the series Annie's and got Annie, some kind of weird hangups with sex, and then you know she's yeah, traumatized. she uses sex as an escape, a reason not to confront her issues, and she she says as much here. You know, she the most honest she is is when she's on the drugs. Huh? She she has a little bit of internal reflection here uh, after she has her vision, and she says, "You know what? I've been using sex to cover up this pain for a very long time." Sure, uh, and probably as and, a way and, to outlet, like you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I felt like that. That's why. I was okay with her and Ray getting together because she acknowledged the way yeah. in which she used it before that. And I don't know if that stuck with her after the drugs wore <sighs> right, off. Right. So I'm not 100% sure, but I, if she didn't have that moment, I would be a little more disgusted by it. I'm not disgusted. Honestly, to me, it felt like, here's the, it felt like to me like they were killing time. Like Ray said, yeah. well, we got nothing to do except ride it out to dawn, see if Paul calls us back. They're going to be killing a lot of time. And they're man. like, there's no board games there. No one thought to brought call- cards. They don't te- seem like they're the bejeweled type. So they're just lit. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what it seemed like. They're kind of both staring off and kind of like making, well, let's just have sex. So how long do they stay in that hotel room having sex? And how long does... Paul's mother and fiance stay in their hotel room now that Paul's not that's, coming back. I feel like that's the classic Huel <laughs> situation. Remember that yeah, Breaking yeah. Bad uh-huh. where it's like, as far as we know, he's still, still in that in there. damn uh, 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 apartment waiting for a phone call. Yeah. Or that the hotel room. 
Paul, what the hell's wrong with you? You you're putting your mom and your girlfriend up at a at a flea bag motel. The least you can do is get double double rooms. Here's the rooms. thing I think is super hilarious. They're yeah. like, "What are we going to do for food?" He's like, "Room service." This place Where has do you no think fucking you are? room they service. They have a vending machine. If Breaking Bad taught me one thing, you have to go down to the vending machine to get your food there. They have a Pizza Hut. They have a Domino's. Yeah, you can order in. They sure. have a Jimmy John's. Uh-huh. They don't have room service, yeah. No, but fuck no. Whatever. Uh <laughs> I, that's one of the most unrealistic things in the whole episode. The fact that his mother could not skeeve out his girlfriend being locked yeah. in a room. You know, we just know that it's she's just a plain bad idea. If Paul doesn't want this girl finding out who he really is. Right. Because his mom's vindictive and they just had this big fight. And she's talked about how, like, I know you, who you are and you're wasting your whole life. And you, and this yeah. woman is bullshit. And none of that's going to come out. His unstable right. mother who can't control her mouth or her actions or addictions. And now has no booze to drink and is going to be fiending. Is just going to be with his pregnant girlfriend <laughs> in a hotel room and is reminiscing about old movies. Come. I did not like that. Yeah, It's bullshit. And that then w- that the wouldn't end, play out that way. Then at the end where they made it seem like his girlfriend could like magically sense that he was dead. Uh-huh. Like a tremor in the force went out. Not not a big fan of that either. Maybe there's going to be something next episode where they'll, you know, finally address this situation with these two people in this room after they're left alone for a little while. You know, well, I mean, they'll get the phone call, right? The Paul's phone dead. Call? Like that's like, do you how think... would they get a phone call? And that because he's gonna no be... one is supposed to know where they are. Oh, you're Who's right. Who's going to call them? And how would they know the number? Uh, will they see it on the news? Like they're gonna maybe. leave, the te- they're gonna leave the television on. They're gonna fall asleep, and then they're gonna wake up, and it's like, uh, you know, Chips Officer Paul Woodrow is found murdered outside a fucking weird ass Los Angeles tunnel. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. And, uh, and, and he was is the sixty nine and some dude. They're gonna they're gonna position him <laughs> and re- and put the pictures on the ground next to him. Yeah. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, because his buddy's dead too. So just go ahead. And, yeah, why not? Why not? Uh, I, I, man, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know how that goes, and and whether his death will be actually put into the system or whether it's going to be a sprawl tip situation. I mean, they got miles and miles of those shady ass tunnels. Yeah, like they could just. I love that scene, by the way. That was super tense. No, Grant, I will say that they have achieved a point in this series where I think I'm fairly well invested, and in at least four of the characters, and I believe yeah. that any of them or all of them could die. Mm-hmm. Like. Uh, Paul, I mean, I guess I kind of felt some, I mean, I, I did. Yeah. My, my pulse was pounding. So I clearly felt something for him. Uh, Uh, and, and I successfully thought he was going to die, but honestly killing him seemed like a mercy. He was such a conflicted, Hmm. fucked up dude. And I thought it was also pretty heavy-handed, his his lover being like, you know, if you just uh, were a proud, openly gay man, none of this would yeah. ever happen. I'm like, oh, uh-huh. okay, well, thanks, Captain Hindsight. <laughs> thanks. Uh-huh. Let me just get that, rid of all my pathos. Yeah, like and... I just dump all this tough guy military bullshit yeah. out the door and just be in a proud gay man. I mean, fuck you. Because like, it's that easy, sure. Yeah, like <laughs> I don't know how many years ago, but they could have been doing this under the ask, don't ask, don't tell like where no seriously yeah. get drummed out of the military for this. Sure. I I that nothing about his plot line really thrilled me. And also this Black Mountain shit just seems like it's gonna be yet another red herring. Like he's yeah, dead. So they changed their name, right? Well, it's from Black Mountain to Ares, which is a yeah. Greek god and of war. And now they're sure, sure. So there we go. All, all and over it. Athena and Antigone and 
All this stuff is coming back. Uh, yeah, it doesn't seem super important, though. But right? the scars over his body, all that stuff, we thought that there was going to be some kind of big reveal and that was going to be connected. That does not seem to be connected at all. No, he took all those scars for 20 grand, as far yeah. as we know. Um, but, but yeah, I mean... I felt like if you got burnt as a fry cook at McDonald's, you'd walk away with more money than that. I, I don't know how many people are in this uh, Aries group. I want to say that they they are all dead except for you know Lieutenant Burris. I think um, and he's well, part that of captain's it. not dead. He's got the shit kicked out of him, right? I don't know the way he falls. I mean, he got pistol whipped in this the base of his spine, his neck. I'm just saying like Hollywood three, wise, four times. that doesn't seem you like right. as lethal. But then Hollywood again, I wise, thought no. Ray was dead when he got shotgun <laughs> blast through the chest. So. Uh-huh. Whatever, uh, but I don't know how many more of these these Aries guys are left. But clearly, they're working for Catalyst at this point. They say as much. Yes, yeah. I mean, unless his buddy's just lying to him. No, no, I, I I agree. I just feel like again, what is the when the captain said it's a happy coincidence that this guy happened to be taking pictures while we sent him to check up on? I'm like, no fucking shit. This is the mother of all coincidences. This is. <laughs> I dare I say it, Fishnado territory for me a little bit. Huh. Like, okay. feels like Nick P was bending over backwards to make all these connections and make this thing interconnected in ways that kind of seem silly and pointless. Because why give this cat? Why give this cop this military backstory if the connection is going to feel fairly contrived and you're not going to do anything with it? Yeah. Like nothing mattered. The yeah, twenty grand but- didn't matter. His mom just blew it on booze and coke and whatever. Cable TV. Yeah, ultimately, what is the point of Black Mountain? I, I I can't see any real tie. I mean, they're not going to be the enforcers for Catalyst anymore. They're all dead. Like, I, maybe he just has got this fetish uh, for including real-life events. Like, I like the Vernon Vinci stuff. Like, you know, sure. shining a spotlight on that, and it's kind of interesting. I like the, the Bohemian Grove stuff, because that's something I never knew about, and I found out about it. Um but the Black Mountain being a Blackwater type of com- – like, I feel like why make the illusion to that unless you're going to do some kind of social commentary on it? Like this is I don't know how they could at this, this point. This isn't like 24 where Jack Bauer can do a season on drones and actually say nothing about the politics of sure. it. Like yeah. why rip something from the headlines if you're not going to do anything with it? I don't know. I don't know. Um we have a lot of stuff to talk about with Dixon. Do we want to get into that? Or yes. Or do you want to talk more I actually, about... Actually, that's where I was getting with this big fucking I thought so. Uh, okay. So Dixon is an interesting character, and there's some information that comes out about him this episode that we're not sure what to make of. Um, th- This... Yeah, what is the deal? Let's, let's do Jerry. So what's the deal <laughs> with this Dixon guy? And, and, and 1992, and him being on the the beat or whatever with the the other guys burris um under holloway who steal these diamonds all mixed up in this completely mixed up in it but he's the odd guy out yeah if you look at his job is he the jim gordon of vinci we just don't don't know it yet (laughs) what what does jim gordon like really love his job no, no he's the only good cop in gotham oh okay so you're jumping right to the good cop Oh, sorry. I thought we were I, both I was gonna, there. I was just going to set it up a little bit more. If okay. you look at so, – so the idea behind these diamonds and this heist is that these people bought their way into the Vinci 
sluice machine, right? Yes. They they got in there, got their fat jobs, got their set up six for figure life. Contracts and their cushy pads. And but their... then you look at Dixon, and you're like, "What the fuck, man?" Yeah, he's just been farting and drinking bourbon for the last <laughs> twenty three years with nothing to show for it, other than some dirty pictures. Yeah, yeah, he's snooping around. And um, even the Holloway guy, when he's down in the tunnels, like, yeah, that Dixon, he had a nose for getting in other people's dirt, or like, he wasn't on the team, but he, he didn't was on like the it. team. Yeah, so I think it's interesting when you look back at some of the earlier episodes and how Dixon kind of got put onto this case. Um, Velcoro didn't want him on as partner, right? He wanted nothing to do with Dixon. because yeah, he's a fart, sm- bourbon-smelling fuck-up, is yeah. what I thought. Or, may- I don't know. Yeah, okay, continue. Yeah, thought. because he's a, he's a nobody. He's a loser. Um, but... He got put on that team by the people in charge who we know are now mixed up in this whole diamond heist. Yes. Um, That, to me, says that Dixon is at least, if not a conspirator in this crime, at least aware of it, and they know that he knows, and that he is cool with it. He has not said anything over these 20 years. So let's say that Dixon's a good cop. Okay. And he's been trying to fight from inside this whole time, and he's finally got a line on these diamonds, and he's like, I'm going to yeah. burn these guys. Okay. And then he, you know, all these, like, he, so Ray gets put on this case. He knows Ray is all deep into Frank's pockets, and he's dirty. This Annie, or girl, he doesn't know anything about this. This Paul guy, you know, so he's following them around, and maybe he's looking for someone he can get leverage on in, like, a, you know, like when Batman takes smutty pictures of a judge with prostitutes so he will give him a so 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 he can actually make sure justice gets done in gotham is that something batman does yeah i I think he did yeah i think he did one of those but okay it's like i'm giving you this leverage so you can force him to give you a just verdict it's like vigilante stuff he's like i need leverage reverse blackmail like all these guys like this guy like this 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 Paul guy has got this. He's he's getting blowjobs from actresses and shaking them down, and he's dirty. He's in this black water. He doesn't know who he can trust. Assumes he can't That's trust anyone yeah. and says, I'm going to get some, some kind of leverage on somebody so that I can make them. I know I can trust them because I got the hand on them, and we're going to take him down from the inside. Or, I mean, it could be as simple as he's just trying to figure out who he can trust. Yeah. Like, it is Paul dirty? You know, like, yeah, he's connected with these Black Mountain guys, but – that was in the past, and now yeah. he's not doing that stuff anymore. Is he still in league with them? So he goes around, he takes pictures, and oh, he got more than he expected out of that. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting if you think about, like, Dixon is a good guy. And he was too close to the, the truth of the diamonds, so uh-huh. he and, – and, and Holloway tipped off the Mexican meth lab gangster so yeah. that they would be ready. And here's another theory I saw just right before we recorded – Paul makes this offhand shot about like what like you know Dixon's head just exploded like what kind of like a, yeah. a one in a million shot that was it or, did too. What if what if and we also know that Aries had all these ex military contractors who were like they all yeah. seem like badasses like Paul is the biggest of the badasses sure or at least he survived uh-huh. uh but like what if a sniper took out uh-huh. Dixon to make sure like yeah there's gonna be chaos but. A number one thing is we got to make sure that this thing gets tied up and Dixon has to die because he's been a gadfly for too long. Yeah, and so that's why I think it that that gun battle, that shootout, ties a little bit more into the plot than we expected when we first saw it. That's why I said that earlier. I still think we need a couple of revelations about that to tie that up. 
I think you're right. Because that's it's just speculation. That's a lot of just speculation. <laughs> it is a lot of speculation. It just, the the big glaring flaw here is Dixon doesn't seem to be important like these other guys are. And if he's, he's, not in, if if he's, he's not actually no. involved in that heist, why wouldn't he be? Yeah, why doesn't Because he, he doesn't like it. He detests what they did. Yeah. And he's not going to say anything, and they know that. Because they but... also have, like, so Dixon seems like out of the mold of, like, like Ray's dad is a racist, and he's like a skull cracking cop. Yeah. But his stomach is turned about like the like like this the stuff with the kids and like the other cop. You kind of feel like he's out of the same mold. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like I'll I'll hassle Latinos and blacks and like, you know, whatever. But and, and he's racist and but like there is a line of human decency where just like murdering kids' parents and leaving them there the bodies for like days is too much for even him. Like maybe Dixon, because even he yeah. He had that one line about like, and I was like, "Whoa, the crusty old fart smelling <laughs> bourbon alcoholic is surprisingly progressive when it comes to gay people." Yeah, like maybe that was the nod that like maybe he's he's not that bad of a guy. That's the feeling I get. And Ray only hates him because everybody in the force hates him because he's the one good cop in Vinci. Sure, and, and he probably cop. has a lot of fucking issues going on, man. If he's been for twenty years dealing with this. Do you think uh, Dixon is the one that has the hard drive? No. I don't is see Dixon, how Dixon could fit into that fucking crow costume is some, well, with a trim. But I'm saying... The oh, raven, whatever it is. So so it feels like that the list of people of the crow uh, is somehow these orphans are involved. Yeah. Yeah. Leonard and Laura. Which we kind of suspected. Like, I wonder if there's something about Dick, you know, a Casper's assistant that's just joined up in the last six weeks and now she quit six weeks later. And sure. We were also like, oh, maybe that's Tony and Andrea from Breaking Bad, whatever his sister's name is. But I don't think I'm not ruling Andrea's or whatever her name is, the mayor's daughter. I'm not ruling her out because I feel like this is a a, a fourth conspiracy. But I feel like that. The assistant, who's also mm-hmm. the girl who was rescued, is involved with maybe the, the mayor's daughter, with maybe Dixon, obviously her brother, who some people are speculating wait, wait, is wait. the... You, is said, the, you the, said the assistant who is also the girl who was rescued? Yes. That's not right. No, no, that is true. Laura, that is the Laura character. No, that's Erica. Who is also her real name's Laura or Laura? The girl that was rescued is Vera, though. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm talking about the Diamond Heist. Oh, okay. In '92, rescued. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, Too many people being rescued. And also, like, I'm not sure that Vera is still not part of the Crow conspiracy, too. I really? Mean, See, I I bought what she was saying. Everything she could have said here was like, "You guys are fucking with my cover, and I need to get back because my job's not done mm-hmm. or whatever." Because like. How would what's her name Tasha? How would Tasha know about Vera's PO box to send those pictures to? I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that. But something about the way about how candid Vera was with Annie made me think that she was telling the truth. And you know, if a lot of people are going to have a lot of different perspectives on these sex parties. I right? get it. Yeah, the people who are making two thousand dollars a night. Yeah, I even said and that she last says, night. I've got that, a good place. I've got a lot of stuff. A I'm lot of happy. the girls didn't seem like they were having a bad time. Yeah. I, I don't want to say this in any yeah. kind of moral judgment because you know that's the one thing I have problem. Nick P is that he throws a lot of grenades and bombs around, and it's like you throw in human trafficking and then show that some of these girls see this as glamorous and awesome lifestyle. Uh-huh. 
that is kind of borderline irresponsible. If not so. actually across the line and just irresponsible. Okay. Like, don't call it human trafficking if you're going to have everybody having good and everyone's going to be well paid and well taken care of and it's just free sex and money and drugs. That's not human yeah. trafficking. People who who are human trafficked are containers full money of women like that. And they're not healthy yeah. and yeah. They're chained up in some room just waiting to get raped, not yes. being paid two thousand dollars a night. Yes. Or if they're being paid two thousand dollars a night, their fucking pimps and, are getting all of that. And being able to just walk away at any moment. Yeah. As evidenced by uh what's her name? Annie's sister. Mm-hmm. She just walked away from it. Yeah. So well, yeah. but no, I don't, I I actually think that that's that was a theory we had last week. I don't think you don't think she ever got. Into I don't think it. she ever got into it. Okay, although Annie kind of intimated it, and she didn't deny it. She knew about the buses. She knew about the drugs. Maybe she talked to other girls that yeah. did. I'm like I sure. think she was curious. Like that was like the next phase of her career. Like okay, I've done these cam shows. I've done all this stuff. I've heard about these parties. <laughs> it's either this or school. <laughs> well, right. And it's I'm like, gonna go to school. <laughs> I yeah. Like I uh, I don't know. I don't see how she hooks up with the or fits in with the. Eastern European women that are brought in in mass and then forced to do surgery and drugs like that's that's just that doesn't add up like again Nick let's maybe not call it human trafficking if if we're going to depict it as like some kind of like amazing Disneyland experience <laughs> uh, yeah so we kind of lost the thread of you know who this this killer might be Dixon um, is a good guy he is the Batman he is he is the hero that Vinci deserves. Maybe not the right. one it needs right now. He's the true detective. <laughs> I think you are correct. <laughs> There's always one. There has to be. Um, uh, so, yeah, you, you were talking about uh, Vera and her whole situation. So, and so I, I, there There is a short list of like five people that I think yeah. are involved in the cult of the crow or whatever, the conspiracy it of the crow. could have been the raven or the crow. And and they are all sickened by what's going on in Vinci and by the – they're not just like – you know, it's like if you t- if there's a lot of stuff like the human trafficking, whatever, but also the fact that you're poisoning communities to mm-hmm. steal their land. I mean, that's objectively like if you're a, a, have any kind of sympathy for the little guy, that's evil. Yeah. Not- up until as recently as last episode, I was not on board with the idea that this was some kind of revenge killing um, outside of this land deal. I thought it was all tied up in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the stuff that Blake says about none of them knowing who killed Casper including, I, I would assume, Burris doesn't know. He's the guy that we assumed would be the most likely culprit. Yeah, I would say that everyone the killing involved... after talking with Arena. Everyone involved in Jasani apparatus of the mayors, like, so he doesn't... I think when they said no one knows that we can say for sure the mayor doesn't know, that Holloway and Burris doesn't know, that Tony Trasani and Osip and McCandless does not know. Yeah, so who does that leave? That, that leaves, leaves the Crow conspiracy. Which is well, still, we don't know what that is and who all is involved. That's what I mean. Like the other, the other faction that that leaves in my mind is Leonard and Laura. Like they're kind of the what extraneous you, uh, hangers on here. What'd you make of the theory going around that perhaps Leonard was the set director? That seemed like he was kind of. I, I don't think that's a bad idea. It's not a bad idea, but I there's zero evidence for it. The guy, except for the guy, had a prominent speaking role. You know. I guess he would yeah. also be the guy that that the the set the car on fire. The Reddit's calling the Carsonist. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, uh, sure, I I think that's you know not super compelling, but it kind of makes a sort of sense. Is that they show up at this movie set? Guy says, "Uh oh, they're snooping around on me. I better go light this car up." Yeah, and then that happens. Right. I, after I have they... a little bit of a problem with like there's oh okay, you could fill up ninety minutes just with 
Frank's R-rated Ocean's Eleven adventure. Yeah, yeah. And if you start throwing in like you know um, uh, what Laura and Leonard just stepping in and pulling off their masks and being like, Whoa, she pulls off the crow mask and he pulls off the the white circle face mask, mm-hmm. and then you know. They say, thank God for Dixon getting those pictures and, and and Vera for working on the inside. And, you know, it's like there's go- it's going to feel a little Scooby-Doo if some of all these things come true. You know, if Ro- if Robin or if Jordan steps forward, yeah. and like I was working for Osip all the time, uh-huh. you know, and puts a knife in his back. And there's Casper's assistants who have both gone but missing. But we think that is or... Lauren. We do think that's Lauren. So Yeah, Laura slash Erica. Yeah. Who's in that photo. Um, she could also, I suppose, be the killer. Uh-huh. My big problem is know, man. the the is Casper's director uh, assistant doesn't look anything like doesn't look anything like that little girl in the picture. Like yeah, the mayor's daughter and son looks much more like them yeah. than, than they look more Latino. Certainly. I thought so. And this girl, like, I was like, did I misremember her that she is like an, an Irish style redhead? And no, she's no. like a fair skinned, freckled faced redhead. Yeah. Or Burnett or Auburn. What I don't know what you call that, like, you know, darker red hair. But yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess you've got a guy, Pit, you, maybe Pitlore changed her for face and she dyed her hair. <laughs> but there's like, sure. man, that starts to be, you can excuse anything for that with that. Well, Pitler did it. He yeah. tuned her up. I mean, that's like having a shapeshifter on board. <laughs> right. You never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I would like to know how and why these kids went from these orphans in the system that had no chance to these scheming masterminds that can pull, that can unravel this whole plot. Yeah, a lot like, of people I, have suggested that Chisani is helping them, the, uh, Mayor Chisani. But he doesn't, I feel like he's his thumbs up his yep, ass, man. Yep, me too. That guy that's, that's picking up this girl at the bar, which I think it's a prostitute with the line, hum on my balls. Like, that's not a guy <laughs> who's heading off anything. No, that's a guy who's way out of his prime. Do you who's think? drank himself out of his prime. Do you th- but some, I, I feel like the heavy drinking is something recent. Like, he's going, he's going through the exact same situation as Frank. Like he feels this pressure Mm. on the back of his neck, but instead of straightening out and getting hyper-focused and, you know, sweating the water stains on the ceiling that he's just going into the bottle. That's a good segue to talk a little bit more about these diamonds. Okay. So I want to talk about the chain of custody of these diamonds. All right. I got, this is also in my notes. Yes. Let's talk about it. Uh, Back in 92, we know that these diamonds were stolen from a jewelry store. Uh, Not these... just the diamonds, like the th- place was cleaned out, it seemed like. Sure, yeah, a lot more than these diamonds, but an artifact of that robbery is these blue diamonds. Which are super rare and valuable and hard to fence. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, so Casper ends up with those in 92. He, give, he, was, gives he them was, to Chisani as he was part of, And he also was part, like that's part of the realization that Paul had midway through the episode, is that, that Casper was on the police department's accounting team. Yes. So he would be in a position to play around with money, moving money around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't don't know. No, those were never part of evidence. I didn't check those in. I don't think they were ever part of evidence. Yeah, they were just the first time around. But, you (laughs) you know, he's the one that could make some money happen, maybe. Yeah. So he gives the diamonds in exchange for his lucrative position in uh, the government there to Mayor Chisani, who, who we think at the time is Austin Chisani, right? Yes. Same guy. Yep. Um, he gets them all lucrative jobs. So Chasani has these diamonds, 
Now, here's where speculation starts to come in yep. and where we start to tie it with maybe his extraordinary drinking, his heroic drinking as yes. of late. Perhaps Tony stole these diamonds back from Chisani to give to Casper because their plan is already to cut Austin out. Yep. So, uh, along with Frank, along, like, there, there's kind of a conglomerate. Frank's a bystander there. Frank is... He, he is. His, he's unimportant to the, the larger conspiracy. He's a pawn, a complete pawn. Yeah, but these diamonds are stolen by Chisani's son, Tony, given to Casper, where we find them in his lockbox. Mm-hmm. Um, we then know that in police evidence, they are stolen by someone, and we don't know who. It could be Burris. It could be Holloway. Um, I think those are probably the two main suspects, sure. people with access to the box. Maybe Dixon? Yeah, even Dave Dixon could have stolen them. Because Dixon's yep. snooping around for diamonds before yep. they know about him, so yep. maybe... Yep. Maybe he's like, okay, well, they're in police custody now. I'm going to go grab them. Yep. I mean... So I don't know where the diamonds are currently. Right. Uh, I don't think... I don't think that the can, that that either the OSIP conspiracy has them or the Holloway-Burris conspiracy has them. Okay. Because they seem like... Although they're, they're not asking where the fucking diamonds are. Burris yeah. and, and, and Holloway oh, are where... Uh, no, they they want to know where those contracts are that you stole. Sure, yeah. So maybe they do have them because no one seems to be curious about the damn diamonds. And also, Osip is got twelve million dollars in cash. He's going to hand off next episode, presumably. Mm, so maybe he fenced those. Maybe he. But I do like the idea that the cat that Shasani's been holding on to these as part of it. And they're recently gone missing. His son is using this as a way to punch his dad's ticket and take over. Now, does Mayor Shasani realize that? Does Austin realize that his son is the the thief here? Maybe because or it's does like, he just drink himself stupid because his I feel like he's major a, source of funding is gone. These that that there's another this is another familial thing that you know Frank doesn't have kids. He's free to pay attention to that pressure at the back of a skull, whereas the mayor doesn't want to confront the fact that he's got this. You know, because whatever I do feel like the mayor's got some kind of personal stakes in the fact that he's got this political dynasty and he's got this powerful family and it's really fucked up and weird, but he's yeah. getting off on like the Scarface oh, yeah. paintings of them all and for you sure. Know, like he sees this as like this is my father passed down to me and like we're the Kennedys. And his son kill you know, bumping him off is not part of that that plan. So he's I mean, got a his blind son spot. being a fuck up is kind of a problem for that but too, he, right? He, he's well, so I don't think Chis- the mayor Chisan is in on it, but he knows yeah. his son's a fuck up. He talked about like I need I'm going to send him away to a club, and he's not. I don't know. Maybe they are working together in some weird way. I don't know. See, I, I was thinking maybe. So we know that Tony's kind of being a fuck up is all affected, right? He doesn't actually speak the way that people think he speaks. He's got you know this accent that he affects around certain people. So yeah, I wonder if he's doing that with his dad. But that seems like a very long con, right? That doesn't come out of nowhere. Man, and... let me ask you this question. Is this cool or stupid? <laughs> and okay. the first season, Errol Childress mm-hmm. was the son, you know, the great, you know, like his, his father was the Yellow King before him, mm-hmm. whose father was the Yellow King before him, and he supplants his father. You know, in fact, we find that his father is either recently dead or maybe even still alive in that mm-hmm. final episode. And he's taking over, and he's also this guy who uses voices to disguise his true abilities and intent and all that. Yeah. Season two, we have a father of a father of a father of this big shadowy conspiracy dynasty Mm -hmm. who is supplanting his father, 
who might be revealed in the final episode, who uses different voices to disguise his true abilities. Is that cool or stupid that you've got this exact same structure and exact same I mean, kind of Is it cool or reveal? stupid that they did a shootout at the end of episode four, this big action set piece? Like, Is the Emperor so building a bigger, stronger one. Death Star in Return of the Jedi <laughs> cool or stupid? I sure. don't... 20 I don't years have later, I don't you. have a good answer for you, you know? Yeah, I wish I, I did, but... I feel kind of stupid if that's how it goes. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. Like, if Allusions the third season to... is you got a multi-generational family with a son affecting some kind of, like, Mel Blanc guy with a thousand voices uh-huh. type deal... Ta- I'm tapping out. <laughs> it's it's just going to be like Jim Carrey in the role. Right, yeah. And he's going to be the mask. He's it gonna is. He's going to be Fire like, Marshal Bill. It's like there will be illusions as ancient, you know, lo- is it, uh, it's a Loki cult <laughs> about the Norse gods. And a bunch some... of green-faced spaghetti monsters <laughs> running around. <laughs> well, you already got the ears. They're going to yep. go full green face, man. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, totally. Um, oh, God. I, you completely threw me off track here. I threw myself off track. Now I can just all I can see is uh, Jim Carrey in season three of True Detective. It's a big Hollywood star. <laughs> yep, <laughs> not necessarily known for drama. Uh, well, yeah, that's debatable. Um, okay, what else we want to talk about? I, I, I briefly talked about this, but this, what's your gut tell you about Jordan? Because she's still like, yeah. we should just walk away. We, which is essentially saying we should let Osip win. Right, so it's interesting. I can read that. I can read that. Her two whole ways. her whole message, this whole season, has been like, just take the hand you're dead. Just walk away. Walk away. Walk away. You don't have to do this. Walk away. She can do that for two reasons, right? One is she's in bed with Osip. She suddenly she has developed feelings for Frank over the course of their sham marriage. Um, Ugh, and now she's turning now. Now she's turning to his side, right? She wants to get him out of this situation she, where he's clearly going to die she cares for him but she also is beholden for some reason to osip sure sure the other option is she's not involved in it in any way but she, she just sees cares. the writing on the wall yeah like this i love much you. like frank does i would much rather you get out with her lives yeah and you could be the applebee's guy and i will still love you and i could be the applebee's waitress and i hope you still love me and maybe we adopt whatever but we'll be together and that's the important thing you could read it yeah. either way mm-hmm. but i still keep come back to like if jordan is like like if if Frank pulls this amazing thing off and he 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 gets off scot free and he's about to board this plane to Venezuela or Belize or whatever and then uh-huh. Jordan blows his brains out, I feel like I'm going to be fucking livid because that would just completely destroy what I have really admired about this season. It's like which a- is their relationship. I think that's been a really strong arc, and her being evil, even though there are, I mean, I think that's intentionally ambiguous so that. I, to me, Nick P's making everything very ambiguous so that he can do about anything. Yeah. And people can say it's going to be genius. But uh, that's the one thing where, like, if that's not, if that's actually the way it's going to go down, I feel like a, that's a big problem for me. Yeah. I mean, the thing that I enjoy most about television usually um, is very clear motivations and seeing how characters will react to situations knowing their motivations. So when. I'm completely left in the dark as to a motivation of a character and suddenly the events get twisted on me. I don't feel very satisfied. I feel like I want to know who these characters are and see them react to things that are happening to them. Not, not the other way around. Yeah. But that's just how I watch TV. I'm sure a lot of people are, you know, getting off on, Oh, is she evil or is she good? 
she with Frank or not. Yeah. I know a lot of people like that stuff. So I mean, there's a lot of like, I feel like there's in some ways the season's really tight because like they explain a lot of things and throw off lines. Like where the fuck is this all points bulletin coming from on Ray and Annie? Well, Annie's wanted for the murder of a security guard and uh-huh. Ray speculates that they used his, one of his guns from his apartment that they're, you know, going to take over anyway to shoot. Makes sense. D'Angelo's mom in the chest. So, but at the same time, that's what also makes it convoluted and just like, I don't know. I have trouble without two, three watches of this thing, even following the plot. Um, especially when those things are kind of interspersed between real heavy action scenes yeah. like where it gets you all excited and then expects you to tone it down and get real serious for a moment yeah. about some intricate plot details with diamonds yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. raven masks, and then it kicks right back into another gear. The other thing is I got I, I'm worried about is with Jordan is the fact that you know Blake said everyone's bought except for nails. <laughs> okay. now, now maybe you could just assume that his wife is not bought, but like when you say everyone like that, yeah, that perks up my antenna again i hope that's not true what did you think of i thought the scene with with frank and blake was kind of incredible yes i love that and i love the the scene in the poker room with frank and ray yeah not both of those were good the the way i guarantee that is not the first time that vince vaughn has ripped the rail off a poker table <laughs> guarantee it although i thought it's kind of unsatisfying <laughs> are you a I don't do this often, but a handful of times in my life, I've rage broke something, right? Sure. Like a and controller in a video game. At least or one of those times where the thing was like way tougher than I thought. And speaking <laughs> of Jim, it turns into like a Jim Carrey movie where it's like it just intensifies your rage, but like yep. you are, it's it's the unstoppable <laughs> force against the unmovable object. And god damn it, this, this little voodoo doll that I'm wanting to destroy is just stubbornly resisting all attempts to destroy it, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, and I feel like that's kind of like he went to go rip that off and just like just and it just like kind of barely gave. It's like oh this is this is on there this is really on there a lot better. Than oh, I and then they be. were like, well, we got to make this thing rip off. So here, yeah, let's take a couple of these staples. I out. I thought he's gonna flip the table. That would have been kind of cool. Oof, those things are heavy. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I guess not like a pool table. No, pool tables like, like there's no slate on a poker table. No, 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 no. Um, but yeah, I, 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 yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. I've always, yeah kind of been watching Vince to see like if I'm really on board with this gangster stuff. I feel like in the last few episodes he's really become a credible menacing guy. Yeah, ever since the opening of last episode, uh episode 6. I right? like the cold blooded stuff he's saying about how like like I the, my partner whoever wanted to grease you back in an alley when we yeah, caught yeah. you small time hustling our customers and I said, "Nah, there's potential there. Now look at you just shit my carpet." Yeah, <laughs> that's great line. Uh, Great line. The way he delivered it too, like you know, it's like I'm just disappointed in you, son. Uh-huh. Well, I like uh, how he starts out. You know, you're arrogant, or else you never would have walked yeah. into this room. Yeah, that's true. You should have seen this coming. Yep. You think you can talk your way out of it? Nope. Should have listened to that pressure in the back of your neck. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of? Uh, I th- did we already talk about this, Annie and her father? Because I actually, even a little though, bit, but not much. I feel like this is rushed and doesn't have a lot of connection and payoff. I actually thought him coming to grips with, oh, God, my pineapple uh, Polynesian Institute bullshit hippie teachings have yeah. left me completely un- without defense to the fact that I arguably contributed to my daughter being molested all those years ago. Yeah. No, uh, that I thought that was that and her scene with her sister and even Elvis, who has been such a sketch of the character. Yeah. It's incredible that that connected at all. Uh-huh. 
uh, three hugs a day. It must be a record. Thanks to Velcoro, Frank finally realizes that Blake has been working with Osip. He calls Blake into his office to beat the truth out of him before killing him. In the process, Blake reveals the details of a meeting between Osip and McCandless where they will exchange the cash for the land deal, $12 million. Shortly afterward, Osip tells Frank that he has purchased his clubs and that Frank is out. He pretends to take it in stride, but behind the scenes, he's making arrangements to steal the $12 million and leave the country. What's the deal with Frank and his Jewish gym dealer, Jacob the Jeweler? Okay. Uh, we know that he is going to be gutting for Osip for the tune of $12 million. That's where the yep. handoff for Casper's shares. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we know that he owes roughly $1.2 million to the Turks. Yes. He owes him 300000 plus 700000 for the passports, the guns, the... And well, the- 400000 for that, bringing it to seven hundred. Oh, okay, and then another five if he makes it to his destination on time. Yeah, so one point two alive. So, so one, he's into them for one point two. Now you got ten point eight million left over, right? Right, and he's ask he's saying I want, you know, five or six million dollars in jewels from this guy. Uh, yeah. What's the, is he just going to be taking five, four million in cash with him? Is he did those pla- so. those surprise anniversary plane tickets cost four million dollars? I mean. I, th- I, that doesn't add up, and I don't know why. And I've kind of been having trouble keeping track of all the different amounts. Like Frank paid five million, but the buy-in <laughs> was, you know, thought it was ten. The buy-ins only says like there's been yeah. all these n- differing amounts and stuff going up and down. And yeah, and now Osip's cut is uh, Osip's share of that land deal is twelve million. No, how that's, did they get up that's that how high? much he that's how much he's buying all of Casper's shares for, which I'm assuming but, is like. But we don't know that Casper had any shares beyond the seven million worth that he bought. So is he getting charged more, or does Casper have more shares? I think we Casper knew had about. more shares. Okay. Like, I would hope so. Like otherwise, he's getting fucked on the deal. No, no, no. This, that's, <laughs> I, I feel like he has at least as much as Ray or Frank, if not more. Yeah. Well, he had all of Frank's shares. Plus, I'm assuming he had like half of his own. So he essentially scammed Frank into buying half of his shares again. <laughs> but yeah, so this is Osip buying his stuff, and there's twelve. I, like I said, I, it doesn't. Well, I mean, I think the, make sense. the reason that he's cashing him in for diamonds is probably because they're more easily transported out of the country, right? You can, sure. You can shove a bunch of diamonds in a condom, Half shove that up your ass, and go. Half of cash, if you watch Breaking Bad, yeah. is a surprisingly big number. Like, you know, that's, 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 a, that's a, a huge, that's a lot of cash to move. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe that's his plan. Get Maybe you're right. Maybe he can only move like four, four or five million out. That's still a lot but of cash, But that's still man. a shitload. I don't know how you get that out. Like, you can put diamonds, like, I'm assuming you could, like, shove up your ass. Like, you yeah. know. I mean, t- if that one little rock was 700 grand. Yeah. You get five or six of those, sure. You could fit those up your ass, no, no problem. No problem. No problem. <laughs> With room to spare. Yeah, I mean, I can. I don't know about you, but. <laughs> Toiletry fit kit can fit up in there, too, <laughs> right beside it. But, yeah. yeah that's my carry-on. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i i don't know i do you think that'll I think maybe be that's part of it do though. you think that'll actually be tied up like there'll be some kind of explanation oh maybe so no 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 no. he's gonna leave like four or five million to ray 
as a hey thanks buddy. Yeah, he's his last friend. Like that's a, like, that's a big thank you. You're because right, here's the thing. Right, he does say that. Here's where Ray, here's where Frank fucked up. Like I don't believe. Like he wraps Blake up in a sheet and says, "Here's the guy that gave me your name. I killed him for you, buddy." Wink. Uh-huh. Ray's not going to buy that. I mean, he's he's taking on yeah. faith that he didn't fuck him, but that seems super sketchy, super fishy, and he knows that. But if he leaves a note saying, "I'm sorry, I had to do this, but you know, forces are raided against me. Uh, Blake fucked us both over, and here's five million dollars to help you and your son." And as thanks for your friendship and your trust, I feel like that squares him pretty well. Okay, I'm with you as far as like, yeah, Ray just buying that Frank had no idea about this and that he was going to find the guy who who really gave up this, this fake rapist. Um, I feel like that's a little bit hard to believe, but at the same time, the show has told me that multiple times that Frank isn't the guy. Frank didn't know. Um, so I believe it personally, and I'm oh, okay I know, if yeah. Ray does. Therefore, but but um, but we know because we saw the conversation with Blake and Ray or Blake and exactly Frank. yeah Ray is not going to have privy he's not going to be privy to that yeah I, so we were talking earlier before the podcast about these guns that he's buying right yeah and how and let I I mean even if he Rambo's up if he's got multiple machine guns and multiple arms he's not going to be able to to kill he's got so people. many fingers he can pull triggers with yeah man he's so got he's got gonna need nails, people right yeah. I think Ray might be one of those people. And I think maybe he's accounting for, I'm going to have to give him a big cut of this to get him in on it. I saw an interesting theory where he might actually, depending on what you think about Frank, he might actually go to Ray and be like, I got the guy who gave me the name. It's this OSIP guy. And I also know he's (laughs) going to be at a handoff and he's expecting Ray to go in the like insane, you know, black rage. When you're at your worst, you're at your best mode. Jesus, that's such a fuck, man. But like, it's not inconsistent with Frank's character. No, but if you think about it, okay, Ray comes to Frank. He's like, I know that you gave me the wrong guy. And Frank's like, I didn't. And he legitimately didn't. And now he goes back and he does give him the wrong guy. How fucked up is that? It's fucked up, but like, I think I'm that, not putting it past him. I'm just saying, yeah, wow. Like, if, 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 if that's the only way Frank sees his way for him and his wife out of the situation, I absolutely believe he burns Ray. I don't think he goes down with the ship. Yeah, I'm with you. But and that would be kind of cool. It'd also pay off this whole black rage. You get your worst. You use your best. Uh huh. So 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 Frank torched the black rose, and there's a scene where he conspicuously did not empty out the safe. He left a lot of money in that safe. Why? He did. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's a case where we didn't. We just didn't see him picking it nope. up. I think it was an unbroken scene of him like walking oh. away from that with the thing. A duffel. Now it could be that maybe that makes it look better. Like if there's, there's some but there's no fucking the way that both of those properties get burnt up on he the same care. night. He doesn't care, man. He's out of the country. If this works, he's well, out of the country. The no, next day. he was. I when when the Vinci Gardens got blown up, I thought like, well, first of all, I liked it because there's a little bit of symmetry between Frank seeing the explosion early on in the season and not knowing what it's about, and just being like, oh Jesus, this is just my town spiraling out of control, and now him. You know, turning the tables on OSIP, and now there's an explosion yeah. that the Russians gonna have to figure out because there was a gas leak, and maybe that buys him enough time and confusion. Uh, but then, yeah, with the, with the Black Rose getting torched up too, then it seems like nothing. OSIP's not gonna be like, oh, oh what's the? It's a happy coincidence. He's gonna be like, Frank is fucking us. Oh yeah, he'll and know. Then leaving cash in a safe is not gonna throw him off the scent on that. Oh God, no. Uh, so 
I don't know. I didn't I didn't see that scene, but man, that seems weird. Where do you think the the other thing about these fires though, I wanna okay. just real quick. Do you think that so I know they're a fuck you. They're a fuck you to Osip. Yeah, you own these clubs, fine. Fuck you, I'm gonna burn them. Do you think it's also could be to pull some of his security away from the handoff? Like make him send some guys to investigate these fires. Nah, man, I don't know. At the very least. I feel like I feel like it's gonna make the security worse. I would think so too. Like if I, if Osip is a careful man, and I think he is, and, yeah. a, and a ruthless man, and a, a half anaconda, half great white shark is is sounds like all those things, mm-hmm. then he is going to whatever security he had, he's going to double or triple it because he knows something's up. He knows something's up, and he probably suspects it was Frank. You would think so, yeah. So, but I don't know what Frank. I don't. I don't know. Like to what. It, it, you know, like when I say Ocean's Eleven, that's high praise because I actually thought that was a really well-crafted heist that I didn't understand exactly what all went on until they revealed it to us. And uh, then it's like, ah, oh, that's really smart. And I'm wondering if like Frank has got this crazy plan where he doesn't even need those weapons. He's just assuming that the Turks are in on it with the Russians like everyone else is. So he's he's going around and, and doing all this shady underworld shit pointing a direction then he's going to completely zig from and we're not going to see any of this coming like this is all going to be some kind of so that five or six million might be the amount he could pull from the saves nah i because if he had that much money just he could just get then there wouldn't be this problem with re-upping no i I, but he definitely needs that passport right he needs the passport i think is 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 a is key so you're right he must trust the turks or maybe he doesn't Maybe that's why he was ex- he, he makes some outrageous cause, cause like, offers. Why else be so insistent that that airplane ticket ticket can be transferable? Because if he's buying it from for his friends are going on a anniversary, that's clearly mm-hmm. the assumed name that him and his wife are going to use. Right? He's going to get him in that yeah, name. Yeah, you would think so. So why would you need transferable if your passport's going to say that? And like, I, I feel like that there's hmm. something that's not adding up and it's going to be pretty fucking epic. It, in fact, if he does pull off some kind of Ocean's Eleven thing where I'm just like, <laughs> holy shit, that's what actually went by. It, it yeah. might elevate the whole season. Maybe. It's still not Maybe. going to make up for three through five entirely. Yeah, but yeah. like, I, I I don't know that. But it'll solidify the solid run that has been six, seven potential yes eight. yes and it will be like you know a mind-blowing finale if if it's yeah. that kind of level of like wow how about this did did they lose some security at the meet by all of those aries guys getting killed you would think because they're catalyst guys, guys they're making a transfer between osip and catalyst and those are major think. muscle that's not yes. just a bunch of goons those were now i'm not saying frank had anything to do with that he didn't no but it's just gonna be lucky for him but i think that's i'm fine with that too like me too that that, you know he's benefiting he was the bystander and now he's getting a little bit of luck coming back the other way yeah and he's you know he's killed several of osip's guys at this point Uh um you know at least two right sure he shot one in the head before he burned the club down just the one then i think so yeah um i was misremembering him he's and blake i don't know if you count blake oh yeah blake no no, blake was muscle sure Uh uh-huh um maybe he's got a plan the fact that he knows that these guys are all on to him and they don't yet is is key you know i i could see there being something really cool about did that. you buy that osip wouldn't pick up on what frank's doing here during this bar scene i don't know i i didn't totally buy that osip's that gullible to me 
uh, I think that Frank was going to be dead anyway. And Osip like that. And then maybe Frank didn't okay. know exactly. And he was trying to feeling him out. But when Osip was like, oh, you know, we got some things in the works. That's like essentially mm-hmm. like, yeah, you are out. You're out and probably dead. Okay. But I don't know why Osip wouldn't. I mean, just escort him out of the th- building and f- have him shot. I, That's that what was I expected little, to happen. You know, if you think Frank is this dangerous of a guy, but maybe they just underestimated him. I don't know. That's maybe a, so. That's a little bit whatever. Yeah, a little suspect, but whatever. Go along with it. Yeah, it was a good scene anyway. That's the thing. Like this, the same. You could say the same thing about, you know, Ocean's Eleven. Like. Oh, yeah. You know Danny and his whole crew are there in your casino fucking around. Uh-huh. Like, just lower the boom, man. Take him out in the desert right now. Yep. And, you know, just have your goon working him over for an uh, That's the, But but everything else is so good that's like, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and also, Osip's trying to, maybe that's the thing. He's trying to go legitimate, too. So he's really trying not to get drop a whole but bunch of bodies. he's not trying to go legitimate. He's talking about running prostitutes through that's his clubs. Thing. Like, yeah, like, like, so his end on this is he's overseas, and I'm guessing his gang, his Russian-Jewish mafia gang, doesn't have any foothold, at least on the West Coast. And Frank comes in this deal, and they're like, oh, I'll just buy this whole thing, and we'll get this bar, and we'll get this poker room, and we'll get this sex ring, and we'll have money and mm-hmm. muscle and places where we can run money in and out of, and we're going to be an instant turnkey operation in Los Angeles. That seems what it's like, what what it's in for him and his crew. The thing I don't like about that is that the show has established that this is chicken feed compared to the money to be had in this rail deal, which he's also involved in. Yeah, but you're not thinking of Vinci being in this deal too, which okay. is what Tony's Tony Chassani yeah. is bringing him. So is an entire town that has thousands of people working for it that you completely own like Mm. everything about it the police is that a value to an international gangster i would say yes because the shit that you can run i mean yeah you're right you got this legal port coming in which is kind of the bonus but the shit that you can get up to with having a whole town (laughs) that is that is that you own control like you can't get that anywhere like that's like some kind of sea land shit that's like some kind of (laughs) That's like Deadwood, man. Like they they don't just you just don't have that anymore. It's a de- yeah. it's Deadwood that's been grandfathered into the 21st century. <laughs> All right. Which I think All is right. what the, the really cool story of Vernon is actually about. Like that is yeah. some robber baron shit that you just don't see nowadays. What's the deal with with Paul? Uh the he's fact dead. That, yeah, he's dead, but like <laughs> he didn't is he is going to turn out he got a last call off? Is that going to help Ray and Annie somehow? Like, how does his death move the plot forward other than just, you know, tie up the loose end? Although we're still like, what's going on with his girlfriend and his mom? I Yeah, I don't know that it does move the plot forward. I mean, it gives maybe Ray and Annie a little more incentive to either crack this thing wide open or get the fuck out of there. I thought it was funny because BCB is listening to our Breaking Bad season three coverage or retrospective cast we're doing this summer. Uh-huh. And he said, the rule from your podcast of Breaking Bad's No Moss episode, if you get shot, just lay there and pretend you're dead. 
Uh, instead, Paul keeps going forward and Burr shoots him again, ensuring his death. Moral of the story, if Paul's a bald move listener, he still might be alive. <laughs> unless unless uh, Burris has seen Zombieland and then he knows to double tap, right? That's true, because like, that's the corresponding bald move rule. Yeah. If you shoot someone and you want to make sure they're dead, <laughs> go ahead and empty the clip. Yeah, it's just who's going to forget get, their role, right? You're not getting paid for the bullet to bring home. Just <laughs> pow, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> for sure. Uh, uh, I have one more question for you. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of a multi-parter. Who do you think is going to survive, and who do you think is going to die? I want I want some predictions for this finale episode. As far as our main oh, characters, man. Frank, Ray, and Annie. I feel like this is a total guess at this point. You think so? Because you're right. Like there is like Annie's last scene with her family absolutely felt like a goodbye. Yeah. Ray's already said goodbye to his son and his ex-wife, and has nothing to live. And for And he at has this nothing point. to live for at this point, except maybe whatever tenuous relationship he has with Annie. Right. Uh, you know, Frank, he's got a lot to lose. I feel is Nick P going to tell the story of a gangster, you know, triumphing over another gangster? Uh, maybe I don't see why not. I mean, you can't do one that. of those gangsters has to be triumphant, right? I Although, mean, you, no, you, I guess that's the ocean's Ray 11 and story. Could bring that's it all the Godfather down. story. That's that's the Scarface. Well, sure, actually, two of those three arguable. <laughs> Scar- yeah, Scarface. Tony Montana, he did not win. No, not uh, in any way. Michael Corleone did not win. I feel like that's that's the problem of being a gangster is your wins are very temporary, mm-hmm. right? Your your power is fleeting, so enjoy it while you got it because yeah. someone is going to come up the ranks and take it from you. Yeah, yeah. Someone else is going to want the crown. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, who, so do you have any clear thoughts? I guess out of all of you kinda, them. You kind of laid it out with Annie. I think Annie's probably going to die just because she had this final farewell with all her family and friends there. Um, I think I think Frank is going to get away. What if Frank gets mortally wounded and his <laughs> wife too? And he's, as he's dying and gasping blood, he, gets he plays Ray, dead. He gives Ray the tickets. Because they're transferable okay. and says, uh-huh. you're my best friend. I want you to get out of this. and Take the diamonds out of my Ray, ass. Yeah. And pull, go. Reach in. Reach in. <laughs> like, you know, fifth element, the blue chick style. <laughs> he reaches his guts, gets out the diamonds, and him and Annie sail off into the sunset or fly like off the sunset. I like it. That that could be the perfect end for... Well, sexual healing happened in this episode, and they're going to be just fine uh-huh. now. I, th- and they're going to blow the case wide open, too. Sure. Everybody's going to jail that They're going to be it. reading the Vinci Times from the beaches of Belize and just gloating over the fact that I, they took the whole thing down. I don't think it's going to be nearly that happy, <laughs> frankly. Uh, I, on the other hand, I was shocked at how happy the season one of True Detective ended up. You're right. None of the good guys died. None of the good guys died, and I got to say that Frank is positioned as a good guy. Like, he is the one that doesn't... You're right. He is not hurting innocent people. He seems to be... Uh, find that a behavior abhorrent. I think you're right. I don't like all the stuff he does, but... Because yeah. there's something under the surface there that I like Marty wasn't him. a good person. And no. Yeah. So... He, and it may, maybe Rust was. And, and Marty did It was get, buried like, so deep. That, he, he didn't get, like, the total happy ending, but he got, like, the affection and care of his family in the, in the end. So, like, you know, yeah. they weren't a family again, but they no. also weren't, like, fuck dad. So, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to see. Like, you're right. I don't think everyone, no one's going to be sipping Mai Tais on a beach. <laughs> but I'm kind of thinking that everybody makes it out. Okay. But I think... The only way that Frank makes it out if he is if is if he ends up sipping Mai Tais on a beach. 
How else does he get out of this? Because there's no way he's going to take down Osip's whole gang, like all the people gunning for him. And he's still got the Mexican problem. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of does the plan to a lot of ethnic gangs are out for Frank. You got the yes, Russian Jews. You might, if if he's if he's go, things go bad with this, uh, you know, Hasidic guy, he might have the Jew Jews. Yep. He's got the Turks. He's got the Mexicans. Mm-hmm. You know, like he doesn't. I, I get the blood and the Crips, the African American gangs. He's still cool. <laughs> Does this plan of one last heist and I'm out ever go correctly? Has it ever happened where that? Just goes Italian down job. exactly like you expected to. I mean, Italian job it ended up well, at yeah. the end being that way. Sure, the the one last heist they got fucked, and then but then they Ed did Norton, a one yeah. one one last revenge heist. <laughs> the revenge heist. See, worked. that's the thing. You're right. You're this right. This isn't the one last. This is the revenge <laughs> heist. So by law uh-huh. of of transitive fiction, then this will be successful. <laughs> you're right. Okay, cool. I got some feedback. This is, the, this is like only the second time involvement of history, but a person that signed their name as anonymous hmm. for whatever reason uh, wanted to talk about the planetary transit imagery that I asked about last season or last episode. Okay. Uh, where it looks like there's a transit of Mars or Mercury. Well, it can't be Mars. The The astronomy doesn't line up for that one. Yeah. Um, it's got to be Venus or Mercury. I think it was Venus is what they were saying. Probably, because I think the Mercury would be much smaller in relation to the disk of the sun. But anyway, uh, he's, uh, he or she says this may be an allusion to Russ and Marty's final conversation in season one. That's one where Russ talks about the stories. He says about the stars, light versus dark. And Marty says, well, I know we ain't in Alaska. It appears to me that all the dark, that there appears to me that the dark has a lot more territory. And Russ says, you're looking at it wrong, the sky thing. Once there's only dark, if you ask me, the light's winning. And yeah. then they continue. The camera shows the expanse of cosmos with small points of light piercing the dark. Light and dark often represent order and chaos. And I believe that we are meant to infer that this symbolizes the struggle between the detectives, order, and the extensive Tuttle family of K, uh, representing the forces of chaos. In this scenario, our heroes represent the societal need for control over the raw forces of nature that are the Carcosa faithful. This stands in contrast to season two, where the relationship between our protagonists and their foes are entirely reversed. Now the light, quote unquote, is indeed winning, with the Mm -hmm. ultimate foe being the system of order and society itself. This organization of public officials and businessmen to the public eye have the law on their side. The heroes, however, are rather dark, disconnected from the rest of society and eventually labeled as public enemies. Annie, Paul, Ray, and Frank are each self-destructive in their efforts to deny their inner chaos, their true natures, which stands opposed uh, to conventional society. They are the specks of dark surrounded by oppressive light. Each try and fail to be the person society wants them to be. Ray isn't a righteous husband or loving father. Frank couldn't make it as a legit businessman. Annie couldn't forge real human connections with her partners or family. For these characters, learning to embrace their true selves allowed them to reach a kind of comfort by the end of episode six. Paul, however, does not embrace his true self. He denies his sexuality and is ultimately punished for trying to cover it up. Paul may, may have felt this pressure to conform even more than his peers due to his experience as a soldier, a frustration he expressed to Ray earlier in the season. So here in season two, our heroes are small, dark, chaotic things surrounded by unstoppable systems of order. This is expressed not only by the image of the solar transit, but also by the final shot of the very first episode. Our protagonists stand in the dark, trying to reveal the truth of Casper's murder as the light of dawn looms just around the corner. The coming of the light is inevitable, and I fear this may spell doom for our heroes in the final episode. 
So he's flipped the illusion on his head. So you've got the small dark, small dark speck traversing the terrible sun, and uh, you know the unbearable light versus the victory of dark over light. I, I, I don't know that that has, but I like it. I like it that they're inverting, okay. you know, that you have the police working from within, you know, but they're actually the good guys. Whereas now you're the, the police are working from within to take down these legitimate institutions. All right. Uh, it's interesting. It's always tenuous when you try and make those kind of connections to a plot. But... Uh, when you're trying to ask but for yeah. help in a psychosphere, who knows what you're going to get. But I thought <laughs> until we see something else that that's as good as explanation as any and probably better than most. <laughs> All right, time for the psychosphere, which we don't have a lot. I mean, this is pretty much a lot of stuff mechanically unfolding. We don't have any new information that is introduced or anybody mining stuff. There is a couple of minor things. Um, there is the magically repeating weapon list. Uh, huh. This is kind of like not so much psychosphere as a refutation of the psychosphere because mm-hmm. people like to say, like, all this shit means something and – then we saw like mismatching dates from earlier in the season where it's like yeah. maybe the prop guys aren't really, uh, you know, super awesome at their job or maybe they just don't all care as much as we think they do. This is a smoking gun because the list that Frank hands the Turks of his weapons list, his weapons list, it's a manifest. It's like 12 items deep and then it just starts repeating like someone okay. just cut and pasted and then printed it out. Just so they'd have a really and long it's not list like a like a joke of like guns, guns, no, more it's not guns, 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 etc. More guns, etc. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It's not like huh. a sketch of the construct from from the Matrix. <laughs> uh, it's it's just a list of just it's sloppy, okay. honestly. Hmm. Um, but I thought it was funny, uh, and I, I, there's someone uh, someone put, pointed out on Twitter, so that will be in the psychosphere list. And there's the one legitimate psychosphere which is uh, a hint at Chad's true parentage. And it's a gif uh, that's, that's, that uh, is on BuzzFeed where someone broke down this, this image of, uh, of when Ray is talking about to Chad, his true parentage and how you're going to hear a bunch of things about us and all that. And then Chad just nonchalantly eats the pizza. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where it's Chad in the foreground and Ray in the background looking at him and the sun is streaming behind them. And the way Ray Chad is sitting, his hair is black with a red highlight. And the way uh, uh, the Ray is sitting is that his hair in this scene looks very reddish with black highlights. Okay. And they're like, this is a nod and a wink to the fact that Ray is actually the kid's real father. Mm, see, that's some solid psychosphere solid whiffing psychosphere. right there. Yeah. Now, I like, I don't know about that <laughs> cinematography wise, uh-huh. but I do like, I kind of think it's interesting that Ray is the guy's, is, is the real father, that the p- person that's currently in prison, although, man, Blake just said he made it up. So, yeah, 
that's kind of evidence against. But it would be ironic if, you know, Ray's ex-wife got the parental test, found that it was actually Ray, but then she ironically keeps his pledge to not reveal the true parentage to Chad. So Chad will forever wonder about whether he's really the guy, his, his father. Or go, why would really? he Really? No, I feel like he already thinks that Ray's his father, right? Yeah, but if you're a teenager, like, don't you think that that would get out, like, with the internet, like, that your mom was raped about the same time? Yeah, you know, like, yeah, probably. It's, it's implausible that you can go your life without finding that information out. Seems like it. You know, like, why did you and dad get divorced? What is the family, like, you know, family history? It's like, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, do you think you can bury a secret like that forever? Uh, it. So that's right on the cusp of, like when that stuff might have been on the internet. But I would think, like, as we go forward, those documents are going to get uploaded. Yeah. Like, like Brad public. and Angelina, their kids are going to find out they're adopted. I would, yes. <laughs> You're not going to get a kid from Africa or La- Laos. And they're, sure. and they're like, no, no, seriously. You're, I mean, that, but, but, like, you're right. That's kind of on the edge of something that's so big that it's plausible that it would get out. Uh-huh. But... Also, something that unless he actually went out to seek it or someone rubbed his face in it, how would he ever know? Why would he think to question it? I mean, maybe is maybe the color of his hair. But that, but you then know, you we, go on the internet, you do a little research, boom, you're like, to, okay, yeah, two, two dark haired people can have a blonde or yeah. a redhead child. It happens. Sure, it's genetics. Does he stop his quest there? That's the question. Yeah, I I don't know, but it would be. I, there's some kind of dark irony about his wife. <laughs> <laughs> keeping doing that what him. he wants and that being yeah a and problem. that's the but yeah. it doesn't quite line up like you said i don't know but yeah that's the cycle we don't we don't have a lot maybe next no. ne- next week when we find out actually you know what the fuck is going on maybe the floodgates will open that there's a whole bunch of buried clues and foreshadowing that we didn't even see frank's been the killer all along he sleepwalks yeah or it could sleep be that drives. we just don't even have any there, there's just gonna be no psychosphere next week yeah maybe maybe all of the questions will be neatly wrapped up it's just 90 minutes of uh plot resolution <laughs> it's it's just it's nick pizzolato doing a commentary while the final episode plays <laughs> <laughs> so here's where this ties in and yeah. this is why i did this and yeah, uh, Molek Molek. Yeah, here's all the <laughs> English literature that you need to read to under, uh, properly yeah, understand no season three. I live it full, I live it wide. Through layers of time, you can't divide. Bald Move depends on your support to create our independent podcast. Find out how you can help out and get lots of great perks such as ad-free podcasts, live video feeds, and other exclusive bonus content at club.baldmove.com. If you'd like to send in your feedback, you can do so by emailing it to truedetective at baldmove.com. You can find all of our content at baldmove.com and participate in our discussion forums. Keep up with our latest release schedules by liking us on Facebook or following us on Twitter. I live among you, well disguised.